Tehillim Perek Ayn Hayat. This Mizmar uh, is a total of 72 Pesukim, so quite long. And it goes through almost the entire Israel, the history of the nation of Israel. And its purpose is to bring home a lesson to the people, a warning to them what can happen if their faith in God is diminished. A survey is made from when they were in Egypt until the kingdom of David, and it reveals clearly the, the harsh reality that Israel could not be entirely faithful to God without impunity. The fate of the northern kingdom is particularly stressed, and this led many commentators to conclude that the Mizmod is addressed to the kingdom of Yehuda, the southern kingdom, after the exile of the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. Also, there's a reference at the end of this Mizmod to the Beta Mikdash, and that is further evidence that it was composed at least before the Babylonian captivity and the exile of the southern kingdom. The exact date can't precisely be determined, but it's likely that this Mizmod was compiled during the time of Hiskiah, when a major religious reformation was taking place. There are eight main sections to this Mizmod. Pesukim Aleph through Chet mention the purpose of this Mizmod. Uh, Pesukim Tet through Tetzain recall what happened in Egypt. Yudzain through Lamed Aleph mention Israel's complaining throughout the desert, murmurings for food and drink. Lamed Bet to Lamed Tet mention how the lesson was still not learned even after the tragedies that happened through the Midbar. Pesukim Mem through Nunhe are past mercies of God recalled despite Israel's lack of faith. The next section, which is from Pesukim Nunvav through Samech Dalet, mention Israel's revolt and punishment, how these the lack of faith continues. Samech and Samech Vav mention how God through his compassion, pitting, pitied his people despite their lack of faith. Samech Zayin through Samech Tet mention the choice of Sion for the place of the temple, Yerushalayim. And the last three Pesukim, Pesukim Ayin, Ayin Aleph, and Ayin Bet, mention God's choice of David as his king. Pasuk Aleph, Maskil Le'asaf, a maskil, le'asaf, maskil is again, we've mentioned it before, but it comes up 13 times throughout Sefer Tehillim. Maskil is generally believed to be from the Shoresh Seche, like an intelligent type of song, a very maybe more complicated song or a special type of musical rendering. So maskil, le'asaf, a maskil of asaf, part of the asaf collection of Mizmorim, which again are a more generally teach a moral lesson. Ha'azina ami torati, hear my people to my teaching. Hatu oznechem li'imnefi, turn your ear to what I say. Efteha pi, I will expound through a mashal, through a parable or a theme. Abia haidot minikedem, hold forth on the lessons of the past. Ashe shamanu v'nedayim, things we have heard and known. Vavotenu shepedulanu, things our fathers have told us, very famous things. 
We will not withhold them from their children. Telling the coming generation, The praises of the God and His might. And the wonders He performed. Interestingly, the author does not say, From our children, but The author does not want to be included with this group of people that he's addressing. But Yaakim, Aidut Biakov, he established a decree or teachings in Yaakov, Torah Sambi Israel, ordained a teaching in Israel, the one that he taught our fathers, it hasn't changed, to make them known to their children. That a future generation might know. Children yet to be born, and in turn they will tell their children. That they will put their confidence in God. Not forget God's great deeds and observe His commandments. And they will not be like their fathers. Not including himself in this mizmor, dor sorer umore, a wayward and defiant generation, dor a generation whose heart was inconsistent, not steadfast, not prepared to serve God, et el whose spirit was not true to God. Pasuk Tet starts the second of eight sections of this mizmor, is recounting what happened in Egypt. Bene Ephraim nosked omekashet, like the Bowmen from Ephraim, Havchubiyom Kerav, who played false in the day of battle, they ran away in the time of battle despite being armed. The classical commentators had a very difficult time explaining this pasuk. What does Ephraim have to do with this? But there is a pasuk in Devereha Yamim Aleph, Perek Zain, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, that mentions that the tribe of Ephraim did not wait for God's act of rege- redemption to leave Egypt, but they left Egypt on their own. Subsequently, they came into collision with the men of the city Gat. The people of Gat refused to sell them cattle. They couldn't really survive. The tribe of Ephraim suffered great defeat in the ensuing battle, they, heavy losses, etc. A, a more plausible explanation is likely that Ephraim is here, is, which is also brought by commentators, but is employed to signify the northern kingdom. The sons of Yosef, Ephraim and Menasheh, were part of the northern kingdom, so they're often mentioned as the primordial example for the northern kingdom. And the northern kingdom, who was just destroyed and sent into exile about 150 years before the destruction of the southern kingdom, is mentioned by the author to try to teach a lesson to the southern kingdom. Do not be like B'nai Ephraim. Do not be like those northerners. They rejected God, and look what happened to them. Now they are in exile. They did not keep God's covenant. They refused to follow His instructions. They forgot His deeds and the wonders that He showed them. He performed marvels in the sight of their fathers. Soan, in the land of Egypt, the plain of Soan. Soan was the capital of Egypt. He split the sea and took them through it. He made the water stand like a wall. He led them with a cloud by day. And throughout the night by a light of fire. Theme throughout all of Torah. He split rocks in the wilderness. This is likely referring to what happened in Rifidim. Vayashk kithomot rabba and gave them drink as if it was from the great 
deep. He brought forth streams from Iraq, referring to the time of Kadesh and Sefet Bamidbar, and made them flow down like a river. From Pasuk 17 to 31 starts the third section of the nation of Israel through the Midbar complaining for food and drink. However, despite God's incredible actions in redeeming them from Mitzrayim, they went on sinning against him, Lamrot al Yon Basiya, defying the Most High in the parched land of Midbar. To test God was in their mind, Lishol Ochel and Afsham, when they demanded food for themselves. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a feast in the wilderness? Could God provide us food? Is it possible? True, he struck the rock and water came out. Streams gushed forth. We know he's able to supply water, but is he capable of providing bread? Can he supply his people with, with meat? God heard and he became raged. Fire broke out in Yaakov. Anger flared up against Israel. Because they did not put their trust in God. Did not rely on his deliverance. So he commanded the scars above. And the doors of heaven opened. And rained man upon them. Giving them heavenly grain. Each man ate a hero's meal, a powerful meal, meal that came from the most powerful. He sent them provision in plenty. He set the east wind moving in heaven and drove the south wind by his might. This is referring to when the Selav came in. He rained meat on them like dust. Winged birds like the sand of the sea. Making them come down inside of his camps, around his dwelling place. They ate till they were satisfied. He gave them what they craved. They had not yet wearied what they craved. It wasn't enough for them. The food was still in their mouths, just when they were eating and fulfilling all their ta'avot. God's anger flared up at them. He slew their fattest, the sturdiest ones, the one who were probably most gluttonous. He struck down the youth, the, even the young ones of the nation of Israel. Odd. Pasuk Lamed Bet now continues depicting, even after God struck down the people who sinned against, against him, still the lesson was not learned. Nonetheless, they went on sinning and had no faith in his miracles and wonders. He made their, end, their days end in futility, their years in sudden death. When he struck them, they turned to him, and sought God once again. It was an on and off relationship. Anytime God got upset, they tried coming back to him. But just as they got comfortable, they rebelled. They remembered that God was their rock, God most high, their redeemer. They deceived him 
with their speech. They tried to speak with him slyly, to trick him, as if they were serving him. Lied to him with their words. With their words. Their hearts were inconsistent with him. They were untrue to his covenant. But he, being merciful, merciful, forgave their iniquity. He would not destroy them. He restrained his wrath time and time again. And did not give full vent to his fury. He remembered that they were nothing but flesh. A passing breath that does not return. Man is man at the end of the day is flesh, and we need God's mercy in order to continue. And now the past mercies are recalled in this next section. How often did they defy him in the wilderness? Did they give him grief in the wasteland? Again and again they tested God. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his strength. The day that he redeemed them from their enemies. How he displayed his signs in Egypt. His wonders in the plain of Soan. He turned their rivers into blood. He made their waters undrinkable, going through the Makot now. He inflicted upon them swarms of, of insects to devour them. Frogs to destroy them. He gave their crops over to the, the grubs. And their produce to locusts. He killed their vines with hail. Their sycamores with frost. Again, the barad was fire and ice. He gave their beasts over to their hail. Let us shafim and their cattle to the lightning. He inflicted his burning anger upon them. Wrath, indignation, trouble. A band of deadly messengers. Yefales nativ he cleared a path for his anger. He did not stop short of slaying them. But gave them over to the pestilence. He struck every firstborn in Egypt down. The first fruits of their vigor in the tents of Ham. He set his people moving like sheep. Drove them like a flock in the wilderness. He led them in safety. They were unafraid. As for their enemies, the sea covered them. He brought them to his holy realm. The mountain his right hand had acquired. He expelled the nations who were living there before them. He settled the tribes of Israel. Uh, allotting them the portion of their line, he allotted for them according to a rope, their portion, and the tribes of Israel settled in their tents. <clears throat> in this last section, not all of the plagues were, were counted. There were either either six or seven, depending on the on how you count them. But it's not supposed to be a necessarily a historical account of everything just happened, just pinpointing or highlighting some of the most important events that um, 
that happened to Bnei Israel or the Mitznim in Egypt and subsequently led to the Bnei Israel's relief. Pasuk Nun Vav starts the next sec- uh, section, which even after all that God did for them, the revolt and subsequently punishment by God continue. Yet they defiantly tested God, the Most High. They did not observe His decrees. They fell away, disloyal, just like their fathers. They played false like a treacherous bow. They vexed him, they got him angry with their high places. They incensed him with their idols. Shama Elohim Abad, God heard it and was enraged by Yim Asmeod Bistael, he utterly rejected Israel. Vayitosh Mishkan Shiloh, he forsake the Mishkan and Shiloh, the tabernacle at Shiloh. Ohel Shiken Ba'adam, the tent he had set among men to live in. God came down to dwell dwell amongst men. They rejected him and now it's his time to leave. Vayitan la he let his might go into captivity, but Tifartobiad his glory into the hands of the foe. He gave up. He gave his people over to the sword, Abad, he was enraged at his very own Nahalad, uh, his very own portion that he set apart that he set away for himself, such as in the nation of Israel. Bahurav Ash, fire consumed the young men, Ubtulotav. Lahulalu and their maidens, the virgins remained unwed. Kohanav Baherev Nafalu, their priests fell by the sword, Dalminotav, Lotivkena, and their widows could not weep. Then the Lord suddenly awoke from his sleep. Like a warrior shaking off his wine, waking up from his drunk state. He beat back his foes, dealing them a lasting disgrace. He rejected the clan of Yosef. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. So starting from Pasuk 67, is now is that his choice of Sion is for the future temple because the northern kingdom has been rejected, destroyed, and now God solely rests in the southern kingdom. chose the tribe of Yehudah, mountain of Sion, which he loved. He built a sanctuary like the heavens, like the earth that he established forever. The final section of this Mizmod is now not only a choice in Sion and Shevet Yehuda, but in David and his generations as a king. He chose David his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. David was a shepherd. He brought him from, he brought him from minding um, the nursing cues to tend to his people Yaakov, and Israel, his very own. And God brought David to be king. He tended them with a blameless heart. With skillful hands, he led them. David is the king, is the ultimate king. He's the one, the author. Right after the northern kingdom is destroyed, the southern kingdom is what's re- is what remains. The southern kingdom, including Yehuda. David is recounted. David is remembered. David's mention is what finishes off this mizmor. The author wants to tell the people, look at what David built for us. Let's look to him. David is the one 
who got us to where we are, and in David's legacy we must trust in order to survive. It is this mizmod, a recounting of a deep, deep, deep past, a historical relationship between the nation of Israel and God. Multiple times the nation of Israel rejected God. In the end, God has always come back, even after he's left us and he's seen that it has abandoned, he has abandoned us. The author is now telling the tribe of Yehuda, God has abandoned right now the northern tribe. He has, he has not abandoned us. Let's ensure that God will not abandon us. Let's shape up our actions. Let's fix ourselves. Let's become totally faithful to God without fault. And in God should we trust so that we can get through this difficult time of the destruction of the northern kingdom.